0: Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. Hello, Sean. How you doing? I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I came out. We just got back in town. We were up north with the family in a camper cabin. It was beautiful. Big snowflakes out in the woods. We took some winter hikes. It was really a nice time. My son goes back to college here in about a week, so it was some good family time hanging out up there. Played a new game called uh, uh, called Wingspan. Oh. It's That's not the one you were telling me about. This is a different game. This is a board game that we just got for Christmas. A Santa left it for us. Okay. And uh, yeah, so we tried it out. We did an escape room game too. Like a, it's it's not really a board game, but it's like a, an escape room in a box. And you, really? Well, it's more like. It's, soft, this is just a hammer and some nails.
1: It's, <laughs> it's just like.
0: <laughs> escape room. Good is, luck. <laughs> escape room is probably a misnomer. It's more of like you're trying to solve, solve some sort of mystery and there's a bunch of riddles. So you I've never
1: done that. an escape. Room. but I'm presuming it's usually like problem solving. There's something, it's either like a mechanical or a, like a, a very complicated math problem or something yeah. that you have to do to get something, to get the key to open the door, right? Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: So with this, it's more like you're solving some sort of riddle and that allows you to move forward in the game instead of a key, but it's pretty fun. <laughs>
1: you take your car keys and you put them in this thing and then, you know, it, it locks and then you can't leave. Unless you figure out the problem, that, that
0: would be maybe the ultimate kind of board <laughs> escape room game, uh, maybe. maybe or or not. Sitting in the North Woods, your yeah. cell phone
1: battery depleting, that no uh, signal, that and sounds uh, you can't figure out how to get your car uh, uh, keys out of this random
0: box. I'm not sure I'd play that game, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you gotta live on the edge, man. But anyway, that that was all to say. We just got back in town. I rushed over here to record. And I'm hungry. I haven't had dinner, so I'm looking forward to a little pizza while we watch the Cardinals and uh, and the Rams play tonight. You're you're
1: not that interested in the fact that my my wife made beer cheese soup for you, and it's
0: for you, and you know it's for you because she used your beer to make it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be eating some of that soup too. I'm gonna eat it all. Soup, pizza, whatever they whatever you have for dessert, I'm gonna eat that too.
1: Nothing. I got. I got nothing for dessert.
0: Nah, we probably got some ice cream. We always have ice cream. Mm, I love ice cream. So today, Sean, we have a, a late bloomers episode. Late season bloomers. What okay. what that means is there are some guys. Maybe, no, I know what it means. Maybe you stop. Oh, you're talking to them. <laughs> I'm talking to everybody, I okay. guess. But maybe you stopped paying attention partway through your season because your team was bad, uh, or what? <laughs> because what, you
1: weren't listening to
0: us, obviously. Maybe you just you flipped that switch. But uh, so these are guys that kind of popped the last third of the season. We for the most part looked at weeks thirteen through eighteen. Unless otherwise noted, you can assume that's the time period we're talking about. What I thought was interesting is how many people had a surge, and they all, almost all of them, it
1: started in week thirteen. It's. I was expecting when I started looking into this that we were going to find a lot of people, um, and oh, this guy started doing something great in week fourteen. This, this guy, you know, week sixteen, you know, this person, week eleven. Everybody that I looked at that it was like an odd uh odd a um, breakout? Yeah, an odd breakout or unusual production. It was literally week thirteen. I think it was one week fourteen. It, was, it
0: was oddly specific this yeah, year. Like it was inconsistent. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. You'd have if you started your league a week thirteen on, it
0: was these were your number one draft. Yeah, picks. It's a different. It was a different league than everybody else. Yeah, right. So we have some. Obviously, these are guys that popped. So the discussion we'll be having today is, you know, do we think that's going to continue next year? Yeah. If you paid attention
1: all the way through, then you don't need to listen to this podcast. You already know all of this. No, I'm kidding, because you might still need to figure out if these things are going to keep going or not. If if you should be really excited about these players, or or uh, or not. Some of them are going to be on roster. Some of them might not be on roster, depending on. Uh, I think most of these guys would be on a roster.
0: There are a few that leagues. were kind of like around the forty percent rostered range. When I I didn't look everybody up, but some of them were might, yeah. might be on your waiver wire.
1: Well, and and, and depending on how things are, because at least in our league, we don't do uh, we don't sign people through our playoffs. They're, the waiver wire stays fixed, right? So if if you didn't get them they're going to be available in the off season. So. Right.
0: Yeah. So we kind of took turns. We we went through and picked some guys on our own. Uh, so we'll go back and forth, kind of the guys that we came up with. But this first one we're going to talk about, Sean and I both f- felt like we wanted to talk about this guy. It's Rashad Penny, who was the, run- the running back one in weeks 13 through 18. Uh, Penny is gonna be 26 in in 2022. I was gonna say 1922. Where'd that come from? Because we're old, <laughs> maybe. So uh, he's only gonna be 26. So he's probably got a few years left. Uh, and uh, I think he might be. Well, I won't. I <clears throat> well, shouldn't. Well, he's 26, but he
1: has nowhere on the tires other than the injuries. Like he, it's not like he's he hasn't been ca- getting carries right. all throughout. It's he's an unusual player in
0: that he is just not really been used. <laughs> he's a young 26. He's a very young. Let's 26. put it that way. So, let's look at his situation and we know he was the running back one here at the end of the season. Uh if he happens to stay in Seattle, which is not a given because he is uh his contract is up. So yeah, he's a free agent. Right. So, but let's assume for a moment here he stays in Seattle chris carson is not coming back and if he does he's not going to be the same chris carson that he's been over his career so there is opportunity i think i think we can
1: stick a fork in chris carson if i'm wrong about that you put in the reckoning but i'm just i think the wear and tear combined with the kind of the chronic nature of the neck issues and whatnot i just i he if he's playing he's uh a role player someplace no more
0: right which is too bad i really like chris carson so i yes i do not relish that fact but that's just that's the fact i think uh penny is finally looking like the guy the seahawks drafted 27th overall in 2018 will he stay healthy that's probably the big question here i mean it's you read a lot of
1: things that basically say there's no such thing as injury prone but like then you get to extreme examples and it's hard to find situations where somebody has missed as much time as he has and then had like this late surge um when i think of somebody who had the injury prone tag and and shed it uh my brain always goes to robert smith because he's a viking and and because it was like 3 seasons in a row where he couldn't get on the field and then and then finally he was really good for a while until he decided that he just didn't feel like playing anymore. But right. but it wasn't – he He didn't wear out. He just was like, yeah, I've, I've I'm done had, with football. I'm done with football. And that's – he did other things he wanted to do. Um, So I, I just I, – I feel like unless there is a chronic injury, and I don't see any evidence that Rashad Penny has a chronic injury, it's a lot of bad luck. And I think that that – sometimes it's because a guy – plays a particular way i actually don't even really see that with rashad penny i don't see it uh as as the the guy like you know like grok who who literally takes a lot of big hits all the time the way he plays uh or kittle same thing uh i I just think he's had bad luck
0: yeah so and even if he is if you do label him as uh, injury prone. I'm still in on this potential. It, this is one of those situations, he was the running back one thir- weeks, 13 through 18. But if you do just notch it down to week 14 at the start, right. um, that's when he really took off. He was scoring over 20 points per game in half PPR that puts him in some rarefied air when it comes to running backs. So that kind of upside that potential, He's a guy I'm in on for sure. 700,
1: 700 yards and six touchdowns over his last five games. That's serious production. Yeah. So, um I'm I'm with you on the on him. I I I you know, I think he's worth a gamble at this point in time. A lot of leagues you can they have, you know, transactions all the way throughout. There's no off-season. Um you can do trades and, and whatnot. I, I just think he's a, a good gamble. The the big risk is the draft. I just see that as, as the big risk. Sure, because you gotta influx a new young talent. Right. But I'm not um and, and that can always uh be the situation if but he's been productive on that team already and in that situation, and I just think that the tie goes to the to the to the guy at home, I don't know, the guy goes to the guy who's on roster, and all they have to do is sign him. He's probably not going to come at a, at a high price tag because he hasn't done anything. So they probably, uh, Seattle can probably sign him cheap. Um, if he goes somewhere else, I don't know how you feel. I was going to ask you the same question. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I the problem is if, if, if Seattle doesn't, doesn't re-sign him, Then I think he is going into a situation where it's a little more um, unknown because there's a lot of different moving parts that can happen. He could be going in a situation where they sign two different running backs and who's going to be the one that's going to perform. Um, I'm a little less excited about that. I I do feel like the likelihood is that he
0: would stay in Seattle. I do too. I, I don't think Seattle lets him go. So. I'm going to work under that assumption, but even if he did move on, I think I still would be in on him. I yeah. still would be working. To I don't think. You, him. I don't
1: think you. If he's if he's healthy, I think that he's he can he can earn that job anywhere.
0: Right, and the the injury history is what's going to make him gettable, maybe gettable in yeah. your league. So capitalize on that if you know. So let me so let me let's flip it around and
1: think about it a little different way. If you're in a league that has guaranteed contracts, okay. Now, now, Rashad, because that, that to me, there's a big difference between those two types of leagues. And um, uh, I know some some of the folks on the uh, uh, on the Facebook group put out different sets of rules, and some of, some of which were
0: um, different variations. The on, Steel Pad Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, uh, trademark, right? right? I was just going to say, we, have we trademarked that? I just uh, figured since we mentioned it, <clears throat> if no, you're looking for it, that's what
1: it's called. Right. So that is a a, a lot of leagues have that, and I think it's worth discussing. For me, um, that makes me a little more hesitant, as it would with any. Like all these people we're we're talking about are in somewhat in flux, unknown situations. If they were obvious, they wouldn't even be worth discussing. We're not talking about Cooper Cup. We're not talking about Justin Jefferson. We're not. You know what I mean? It's it's. These are all going to be players that you're going to have to take a little bit of risk with. You're going to have to be okay with that risk. And I just think Rashad Penny, I'd rather gamble on other things than gamble on talent. And I think he's showing that he has enough talent. Maybe he didn't have the talent straight out of college either. Like It's possible that even by not playing, he's just been learning how to play too and so like you you might be getting a different running back than you would have gotten if he had stayed healthy so i think it's an interesting situation and i would still buy in on it
0: yeah well and the other thing with penny he is going to be 26 next year so you don't really have to give him that long of a contract no
1: i mean you you, there's like he may have he he may be a young 26 but he's not going to be playing until he's 34 right now i'll say that just like uh, was Connor, he's not going to get you know whatever. He's not going to get eighteen touchdowns. Whatever right. I said, <laughs> you never know. But but there does appear to be uh, you know other than Frank Gore, there does appear to be a, a, a sunset for running backs in the league, and and he's going to have a
0: few years at most. So right, all right. Moving on to the next guy, Deontay Foreman was the running back sixteen uh, during that last third of the season. He will also be twenty six in twenty twenty two. Here's why I would make the case for him. Possibly, um, he was a you know, as I said, a running back too. Here, the last uh, third of the season, the thing that I like about him is that I do think Derrick Henry is going to have trouble again next year. We've talked about that 370 touch mark. Lots of people have in fantasy. Um, Derrick Henry blew past that mark um, last season well in 2019 I should say so he was injured sorry in 2020 so he ended up injured this year Uh, I do think there's a good chance he ends up injured again in 2022 Uh, Christian McCaffrey or just
1: decreasing production it just happened to everybody maybe
0: I mean he is yeah Derek Henry is getting up there I think he's going to be 28 next season he'll be 29 29 so you know, Christian McCaffrey in, in the multiple-year impact of that 370 carry mark is the latest example. He's had a couple of years here after carrying the ball over He's, 400 times or he touching is the ball.
1: built differently than Derrick Henry. Yes, it's but true. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it's But it's also the difference between pulling hamstrings and stuff like that versus contact injuries. I don't think CMC, I feel like he... It, it, He's had these issues with like muscles and and soft tissue things and whatnot. Um, Henry is just more like wear, physical wear, the grind of how he plays. Um, but you know, I, I he's a different kind of a figure. But um, but I also think that there's there's a limit to it, and the question is, is what can Dante Foreman do?
0: Right, and actually, now that you've said that, I don't think there's any indication that Deontay Foreman is a special player. He's not particularly productive in the passing game. Um, his yards per carry, which can be attributed to an offensive line, but it hasn't. He's basically gotten fourth, four point three yards per carry, which is what Derrick Henry was doing this year too. So they would did, they were getting the
1: same productivity in terms of efficiency, yes, in the same offense. In the same
0: year, yes, yes, um,
1: but he's still not gonna. He's not. He's gonna get an opportunity if they re-sign him. He is just gonna be as a fail-safe for Derrick Henry,
0: right? And that that is my conclusion. Uh, if so, I'm I'm assuming or at least predicting that Henry's gonna struggle with injuries again next year. And if Foreman stays in Tennessee, that's when I would be interested. In him, If yeah. he moves on to a different team, no thank you. I'm with you on that. And I would also say, like, there's no reason, honestly,
1: I don't see a reason to, to sit on Foreman. Like, like no. you're, you're sitting on Foreman under the assumption and tying up a roster spot on, under the assumption that Henry's going to fail. And maybe we've, we've both made the case that that's something that that has a higher than normal likelihood. It doesn't mean I'm going to bank on it. Right. And, and, uh, you know, if you've got a, if your rosters are a million deep, would I stash Foreman? Sure. I would stash him. Right. But, but if you have to make any kind of call, um, I'm looking
0: to probably roster somebody else. Cause I think the upside is just not, not there. I agree with you. Yeah. This is a very specific, uh, situation where I would be interested in him. I don't see upside there either. This is, if you have the roster spot, he stays in Tennessee you want the handcuff, I think you yep. might be happy with that situation. Handcuff. Yeah. I think that might be the ultimate, yeah. ultimate role for him. All right, well, let's move on. We're going to switch into the wide receiver room here. Uh, Russell Gage ended the season as the wide receiver 11 from weeks 13 to 18. He is also going to be 26 in 2022. He got 56% of his targets and 65% of his yardage after week 12 this season, uh, and two of his four touchdowns happened during that span as well. So as always, the question is, will this hot streak continue next year? We should remember when we're assessing this, that there was basically nothing at wide receiver in Atlanta after Calvin Ridley stopped playing in week eight. Uh, I would be dumbfounded if Atlanta doesn't address the position this offseason, either through the draft or in a free agency, but It may not ultimately matter if they do that. Gage had basically the same production this year as he did in 2020 when Julio and Ridley were still around, which was about 800 yards and four touchdowns. Are you excited about 800 yards and four touchdowns, Sean? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Were you talking about Russell Gage? (laughs) Yeah, Gage is, he's a jag. He's just a guy. Uh. I, I... I think I mentioned a couple episodes back, I did play him in my semi-f- semi-final game in my redraft league. Oh, you did? I you did. You started him? I started him. Did you win? I did not win. Remember, I lost by point zero two points. If
1: you had if you had not started Russell Gage, would you have won?
0: Right? You would have won, right? Yeah. There's your lesson. Yeah. Russell Gage. Because Adam Thielen got one points more. But, yeah, uh, yeah I would
1: have won my is, game. Russell, he's just a guy. Russell Gage is never going to be – I'm sorry. He's never going to be a guy that is going to win you anything in no. fantasy football. Nope. I don't care if he's on your roster or if he's not on your roster. He's just not a player that you should be depending on. If he's your fourth wide receiver, your fifth wide receiver,
0: great. We for sure don't want to rely on him if he's not on your roster. Like that's really tough. That to would get, be
1: really bad. Yeah. But I'm just saying, is if he's, if, maybe my comma was, maybe it was, just spoke right over a comma. I, I just, my point is, is that there's, there's just no upside to him, uh, and uh, there's, all there's, there's never going to be a situation where anybody ever feels that they've done something. And you can, I, I I'm realizing that this is, this is very uh, potentially worthy of the reckoning. When hey. Russell Gage has 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns,
0: but I'm just, it's just not going to happen. We got to we got to make our calls here, call yep. our shots.
1: Yeah, t- low hanging fruit to say that Russell Gage is not going to do anything. So, yes, he's done something down the stretch here. Whatever, just doesn't mean anything. I, I don't care. I agree. Don't don't worry about going to get him. All right, <clears throat> here's a guy that I think is a little more interesting, though. Uh, hopefully, I will not put you to sleep. I'm uh, Ra St. Brown. Oh no. Oh,
0: oh, yeah. You have my attention.
1: So here's so here's just I want to review with everybody. Uh because I did not like Amon Ra St. Brown coming into this season. Nor did I. But other people did. And and you when you do this kind of thing, you have to acknowledge that sometimes you're just not gonna be right. Mm-hmm. So why did people like Amon Ra St. Brown? People liked him. Because of production, um, I think people largely liked him because of the opportunity he would have in Detroit, which is for me not usually a reason why I'm really excited about a rookie. I like, I care about it just because I think you'll, if you, I like to see whether somebody's going to be productive or not early so I can kind of like shit, you can or, make shit or get off the pot. Right. I realized that I just made this into that's a NC seventeen. I just, I think
0: I don't even think about it now. I just check explicit when I post this. So <laughs> it's because I'm on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh,
1: so anyway, yeah. That's for me. Uh, I, I like early production for that reason. I don't actually care about it that much in terms of whether evaluating a player. For me, it's just a, a tool for for me to. Am I more interested in the guy because we have a two-year window in our league to make a decision
0: on a guy. And on a, not to, to make a decision about extending his contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and
1: in other leagues, they might not have that same window. So, right. you know, then I, then I wouldn't care about it at all. But anyway, since week 13, Amon Ra has been the wide receiver two overall, behind only Cooper Cup. Uh, that's ahead of Devontae Adams, who's also been good. Yeah. And who's also unquestionably good. He's right. averaging 100 yards and a touchdown for six straight weeks. That's
0: so crazy. I, said I, Nobody saw that coming.
1: N- I wouldn't say nobody, but no one saw that coming. He's had at least 10 targets in each game. He's had at least eight catches in each game. Um, so the question for me is whether he will be a featured receiver or whether he's going to be a solid number two receiver for an NFL team. I'm not yeah. talking about fantasy number two. I'm talking about NFL number two on the team. Okay. Uh, so I started looking at like what he has been doing. Fortunately, we were able to watch him catch a touchdown against our, our Minnesota Vikings. So we did get to see him do in that game basically what he's been doing, um, which he's running a lot of eight-yard routes. So you can get production running eight-yard routes. But what he's he's running an eight-yard route, he's catching just about everything thrown to him uh and then which
0: use which you did like about him in yeah. the rookie process yep. you said he had good hands he
1: does have good hands yep. and and and, it, and it, it's not like i think he's a bad route runner i just don't think he's explosive so I, we're getting i'm getting ahead of myself a little bit but he he's not getting huge yak right he's he's basically running an eight yard route catching it maybe get another yard or two and getting tackled um does he crumble
0: like Larry Roundtree? Just <laughs> fall No, down? no, no. I don't think that's fair. Okay.
1: I don't think that's fair. Okay. But he doesn't win deep, and he doesn't get yak. So his production is volume dependent. He's the opposite of DK Metcalf, right? DK mm-hmm. might get two targets and might end up with 100 yards and two touchdowns. Or he might end up with zero yards and zero touchdowns. Like, But, but ultimately uh, I'm on our St. Brown, I think is a guy who I'm interested in that profile makes sense. If you're in a PPR league, mm-hmm. um, it makes less sense if you're in a standard league. Um, but still putting together the, the yardage, I, I do care about a hundred yards. I do care, right. I don't care about the catches. I care about a hundred yards and a touchdown every week. That, yeah, that I, sounds pretty good.
0: I love that consistent production like that. I love receivers like that.
1: Here's a, here's a problem. Um, I don't think what he does is ever going to fit in with being what some people would call an alpha receiver. I don't think he's ever going to be, um, the kind of guy that, that, uh, that change a focal point of an, of an NFL offense. Um, so I think he, uh, he, he's got a career ahead of him. That's going to look a little bit more like Sterling Shepard
0: or, a bigger Cole Beasley or something like that. Um, And those guys have helped franchises. Yeah. They're not not going
1: to win you the league. No, and here's the thing. I I threw those names out there just to give people a sense of what he does, not about what his ceiling is. He's better than those guys, and he can do more than those guys. But I don't see him as uh, a major difference maker I think he's got. I think he's got a ceiling to his game, um, and the Lions, you know, are basically married to Jared Goff for about three more years. Um, Goff, his game fits with Amon-Ra St. Brown. He's not a downfield passer, so this is a good match. Big difference is that he doesn't get the yak like Robert Woods did with Goff. Woods would catch a lot of these little routes like this. Cooper Cup, both of them have the ability to turn those kind of plays into more yardage. Um, And ultimately, the reason why I'm a little soft on Aminor St. Brown is I think the Lions are going to grab another receiver. They're going to get an alpha, and, and they're going to get somebody to pair with him. Whether it's free agency or the draft, they're going to get somebody to pair with him that is going to take some of that volume. And he is very volume dependent. Um, so, um, even if they do that, I don't think to St. Brown is going to be a bad player. He's not going to disappear because he the things that he can do. He's already shown that he can do uh, some of these things well enough to to, to get to get volume when right. there's nothing else on the
0: team. And he's with Goff for a while, he's which with is Goff good for him, like you said.
1: But I'm also aware of the fact that. Um, if you, you either have him or you don't have him, right? Those are two possibilities. It's true. <laughs> um, if you don't have him, now is not the time to get him because I think you, if you're looking to get him, uh, you're going to want to wait for the Lions to draft or sign somebody because then I think you might have a little bit of a buying window. Um, he's kind of hot right now, obviously, and um, the rookie buzz and whatnot. But I will tell you, if I had him, the flip side is, if I had him, I would probably try, look to try to unload him. Um, you're like, I got the wide receiver too here. Yeah, I, this, right? this, this, this this hot rookie, you know, and people get excited about that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and and if you're looking for him to to do, basically get you a thousand yards every year, that's fine. And I think that's he probably will do that. But do I think there's ever a Justin Jefferson career for him? No. So, to the extent that people are excited about him, that's that's when you move him because you, because ultimately, I think we I think we're seeing a ceiling, and I think it's it's not gonna it's not gonna there's not gonna be additional advancements beyond what we're seeing. I think, if anything, what we're gonna see is other players coming out of that team, taking some of the volume from him, and. Uh, I think that that's part of it. Also, keep in mind that T.J. Hawkinson's been hurt, and so there's there's a lot of that. A lot of the, the there's no one else to pass to, so he's getting volume kind of in a weird environment where I think
0: um, it's just not likely to continue. He's getting the production everybody thought Hawkinson would get this year. Yep. Yeah. So so it's not like I don't
1: dislike Amon Ross St. Brown. I will say I've changed my mind on that. I came into this thinking, I don't like Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's a fine player. I just, I'm not excited about him as being a long term difference maker. And I think that right now, everybody's perception is a little bit different than that. And so I probably stand out as unusual
0: but it's in that a, view. It's a sell window. That's for you, For you. For me,
1: yeah. it'd be a sell window.
0: Yeah. All right. One more wide receiver here. We have Gabriel Davis, who finished the year as the wide receiver 24. He's a young man, 23 years old in 2022. He had, if you narrow that window again, Sean, from 13 to 18 weeks, if we just look at weeks 13, 14, and 15, he was the wide receiver seven over that span. Is that just two weeks? Oh, wait. It's three weeks. Okay. So like really had my attention at that point. He also scored a this is like a Christian Kirk thing, right? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out some facts here and see where I end up. He also scored a touchdown this week in the playoffs versus the Patriots. So did everybody. That's true. (laughs) That's a good point. Basically, everybody did. Uh, The thing that I found interesting, he's had very similar numbers and a very similar arc to the season over the first two years in his NFL. He finished 2020 hot as well. He was the wide receiver 29 after week 12 in in 2020. So hot. Well, hotter, (laughs) I think if you look at his number, he was like finished the season as the 50th he's I'm in just, the 50s i'm literally just messing with you i know but it's a good it's a good point okay so he was down in the 50s for wide receivers uh for season totals so to be up in that yep. you know low-end wide receiver he two, high-end wide receiver three um is it's finishing hot um but here's what happened here's what i think happened in 2020 john brown got hurt in week 10 Uh, opening up the door for Davis. And then this year, Emmanuel Sanders sprained his knee in week 14. He's, he kind of stayed in the lineup, but he was hurt. Mm -hmm. Emmanuel Sanders was Davis had a chance to take over some of those targets. So he's been pretty good when he's had those opportunities. Um, Sanders, probably will be back but it's a little bit uncertain the cap the dead cap hit if he's released is not super big so it probably just depends on what the bills want to do in the off season here but um the other thing this is a guy that i think might possibly still be on your waiver wire so you could just go make a free agent bid on gabriel davis
1: a a minority of leagues that he would be in uh, uh, i haven't looked at the numbers but my guess is that most leagues he'd be taken, but I think you're right. There are some.
0: I think it's, yeah, it depends on the size of your rosters. Now, we have small rosters, and he is on a roster in our league. So, mm-hmm. But I do think there will be leagues out there where he is on waivers, and you could go get him for nothing, just put a bid on him. Um, so I think especially if, if Sanders does stay with the Bills, mm-hmm. you could get him really cheap. I think he's a perfect throw-in player. Maybe.
1: You're doing a tr- yeah. different trade, and you know, you're know, you just trying to find some way of evening it out. And you, you just choose a guy like Gabe, Gabriel Davis, who has nice upside, and if it ends up being nothing, well, you probably were willing to do that trade anyway. But at least now you get—this is the ultimate Farhan move, right? Yeah. You do a trade that's— Farhan's even, the guy that
0: has him. Yeah, it's funny that you said that because well, So
1: he so you you do the trade. That's basically an even trade straight up, and then just just to get, say, you'll be willing to do the trade, you get somebody to throw Gabriel Davis your way, and if he ends up being nothing,
0: so what? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a young, obviously twenty three years old next year. He's a big receiver. He's over six feet tall and over two hundred pounds. He's got he's got he's got the metrics. Yeah. And he's he has flashed a little bit here when he's had the opportunities. So and he's got the quarterback. Yep. So I he's a guy. If I got a roster spot and uh, and some money that I can send his way, I I do it.
1: Yeah, I'm in, I'm with you on that. I'm Gabe Davis for that. Yeah. All right. We we have talked about receivers. Let's talk about one tight end.
0: Yeah. This is I think this is our last guy, right? Uh, no, I think you've got a quarterback. Oh, so you, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. There. oh yeah, yeah. We have a quarterback <laughs> after this.
1: All right, so Dallas Goddard. Uh, so this is a guy that has basically been overrated for most of his career. Um, everybody's been wait was waiting for him to replace Sackhertz. He did replace Sackhertz, and he was the tight end ten this year. So you know, which is what I said. Let's be honest. This is um, this is another reckoning where I get to say the good stuff. But my point on him was that uh, that Jalen Hurts is not going to be ultimately good for him because he's just not going to get
0: touchdowns. But he's in this episode because he was the tight end three since week just 13. Just a I little think. bit behind Kittle, who had a nice end of the season as well. So eighty-five. He's averaging
1: 85 yards a game and a half uh, touchdown uh, as the Eagles push for a playoff spot. Um, they just lost to the Bucks. He had a nice game. I think he had 90 yards, maybe like you know, a bunch of catches, no touchdowns. But that no touchdowns thing is is that's that's the thing. Um he uh he played 16 games this year. He missed the last week with I think he hit had, had COVID, but um uh Jalen Hurts finished with 16 passing touchdowns. Wow. And he was like a well you know, uh, a, a productive uh, fantasy, fantasy football quarterback. quarterback yeah. And, you know, obviously by this team to the playoffs. So maybe a decent NFL quarterback, but he's not going to be the quarterback you want throwing the football to any of your receivers. So if you have Smith or if you have Goddard or Lord help you, if you've got Jalen Rager, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's a problem and it continues to be a problem. And, you know, he he uh, finished his tight end 10 overall with only four touchdowns. You know, he gets, gets a quarter of the receiving touchdowns in that offense, but that just doesn't add up to much, does it? Right. So my, I view this surge as a selling opportunity. People have been excited about Dallas Goddard. I've been saying for a long time, this situation is not a good situation. Um, Use this surge as an opportunity to move on from him. If you th- if the Eagles move on from Hurts, if there's something that happens this offseason, some amazing trade happens, and and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is coming to Philly or some ridiculous thing, then I'm all in and got it. I don't yeah. question his talent, uh, but as long as, as as Hertz is the quarterback, and unless you see something that indicates that Hurts is not going to be the quarterback, um, then I'm then I think he's a guy that is overvalued, continues to be overvalued, and I would. I would be looking to have um, uh, whatever I can get for him, uh, whatever that, uh, you know, um, I'm not saying trade him for anything. I'm just saying market value, given his salary situ- situation in your league, is is I would rather have the market
0: value. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, although it is hard to argue, like he did finish overall as the tight end 10 I mean, he's a guy that you but can basically the same as like everybody. Like that's there's so true. many I, guys. I suppose that ten in that range, ten
1: through whatever. Ten is... through twenty is probably all within a point. You sure. know, I mean, there's just not much difference there.
0: And it's hard to argue with your argument about Hurts. <laughs> he's you know 16 touchdowns. I don't necessarily see that going up much. I mean, that's no. probably he threw for fewer touchdowns than James Conner ran for. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's
1: and... yep. And we're not talking about Jonathan Taylor, we're talking about James Conner, right? right? So I'm just I'm just saying I don't think that's going to change. I don't – the way Hurts plays, it, uh, in the goal line, if they're going to score, it's going to – almost always is going to be a rush, either
0: from a running back or from him. Um, And it does come down to salary. If you happen to have him cheap, like, yeah. I would still hang on to the guy. I if, wouldn't cut him. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying I don't see – him leaping
1: from a yeah. bottom end starter into a top end starter without a change in quarterback. Right. No.
0: So if you don't think that change in quarterback is coming, then I move him. All right, on to our quarterback. Our one quarterback and this is our last player for this episode. We're talking about Davis Mills finished the season as the quarterback 11. He's a rookie, obviously, so I don't I didn't look up his age, but I'm sure he's like 22 yeah. he's, maybe. He's
1: he, he's young.
0: Yeah. So um Now, Davis Mills is not very mobile. He's not that running quarterback that everybody wants in fantasy, so he's not going to give you much on the ground. He's 23. 23, okay. He's not going to give you that running production, but uh, he was ranked as the number one pro-style quarterback coming out of high school, and that means he was ranked ahead of Tua and Mac Jones. And I'm still more interested in him than either one of those players as a fantasy quarterback.
1: You are? I'm just not that interested in Tua and Mac Jones. It's really more of a sure. comment about those two guys. Yep.
0: No, I I don't disagree with you there. Uh, when I look at his metrics on Player Profiler, they're basically the metrics of a low end quarterback two, on a terrible team. So when you talk about like yards per attempt and those things that matter for quarterbacks, he was you know in the in the mid 20s on that oh, for that those was, metrics. That was a, a,
1: a situation we nobody would want to be learning how to play NFL.
0: Football, right. So I found that to be pretty impressive. Um, he supported Brandon Cooks as the wide receiver twenty this year. Um, I just think this is a guy you could make a worse dart throw than David Mills if you're in superflex and if you're in a one quarterback league and can stash him in on your DV or your taxi squad. I I, I think I would do that. And on top of that, Sean, he's a Queen's Gambit fan, and that's a great show. Did you watch Queen's Gambit? I did watch it. Oh. I really liked it. You should check it out.
1: So he had four 300-yard games, which is, given the collection of talent around him, it's just really kind of shocking. Um, his last five games, um, quarterback 10 is what I counted. Um, So here's, I don't know, I'm not in on Davis Mills. I'm not in on davis mills because i don't see i don't see the upside one quarterback league in a super flex league however i do so for that for me is that's that's the difference between the two i think it's a one quarterback league you have to at least show me that you can be an elite passer and maybe he i i can't say he can't because you're throwing to a collection of rookies and cast offs and Brandon cooks um getting any 300 yard games is amazing. Although I think um, even Trevor in his terrible season had 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 one or two of those. So um, I, uh, I'm still, like, it, it, to me it's still a long shot. I wouldn't get rid of them, but, you know, if you're stashing quarterbacks in a one-quarterback league, I would want to have a little dual threat possibility. I'd want a little Trey Lance action or somebody Shut. that maybe isn't doing anything now, but... You think something else could do it? Superflex, however, it then 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 the calculus changes a little bit, actually quite a bit, and I think that those guys who can you know provide solid passing numbers without the rushing now have value, and and for that reason I'm I'm in in superflex.
0: And I think I might have misspoke at the very beginning of this when I said he was the quarterback eleven. That was obviously over that last third of the season. Yeah, th- yeah. I don't know that I spelled that out, but. You also called him David Mills. No, did I? You did. <gasps> I get to go back and listen to you the tape. Go back to listen to the tape. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Mark this one too. I should.
1: <laughs> what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? It'll be yet another if time I, when I'm wrong.
0: That would be hilarious. It would be funny. Wow! Well, I sounded like a real idiot then when I introduced. Well, this
1: guy. No, 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 no! At the beginning, it was, well, in the middle of it, I oh. think you said Davis in the beginning, and then in the middle you said David, David. for some reason. Oh, okay. Well, you I'll know, his parents
0: you. should have named him David. I don't know. Davis is kind of cool. It is. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Better than David. (laughs) David. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We're glad you joined us for it. Uh, Please check us out on Twitter. I'm at SteelPod. I'm at SteelPod, Sean. And we always look forward to doing this, and uh, we'll look forward forward to doing it again next week. And until then, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the SteelPod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at SteelPod.